0: Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and my guest today is Thomas Archer III. He currently plays in the Chicago White Sox organization. He also works for the Archer Financial Group, which his father owns. Absolutely fantastic conversation getting to learn about the minor leagues how college works, college recruiting, what he did, what it was like getting drafted, and what it's like working with athletes in the financial space and understanding what goes on there. So please enjoy this episode with Chicago White Sox own Thomas Archer. All right. Today, I'm for the love of sports. I have Thomas Archer III, currently plays for the Chicago White Sox organization, works for the Archer Financial Group, and played college at Hofstra and moved down to Loon University in Boca Raton, Florida. Great, great decision on your part to do that, man. I uh, give you a lot of kudos for doing that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I always wanted to play in Florida, um, but my brother, he – so we both went to the same high school. So he went to high school two years in New York, but he's like – I want to come down to Florida and go to school down there. So he wound up going down here to St. Thomas Aquinas, tore it up, and now he's at UCF and uh, played great this year. So I'm like, you know what? If he's going to Florida, why can't I? So I decided to follow him.
0: Smart man. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been up here in the Northeast my whole life, and the winters here suck. But uh, if if there was a place that I would like to play, it would uh, it would absolutely be Florida. Um, but yeah, man. So the first question I have for everybody. On the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much?
1: Uh, I mean, I didn't have a choice growing up. My dad was always a huge baseball fan, so it was kind of by default. But um, I don't know. I guess having a brother, all we did was play basketball, baseball. And it's just something that kind of takes you away from everyday life and allows you to just have fun. You know, You don't have any responsibilities, and you can just be yourself. So, you know, it just feels natural.
0: I love it. And yeah, it's, it's especially, you know, you bring that up, and I think it's a really great point. It is really that great escape, uh, for lack of a better term. And right now, the weirdest time in, in, you know, history, at least our history, you know, we don't have any sports. And it, and it's just crazy. Baseball's still not on. Memorial Day is coming up soon. And I'm going to, you know, every Memorial Day, I sit down in front of the TV. I watch the Mets in their, you know, camo jerseys, and I enjoy it. And yeah. this one's <laughs> going to be a little weird, man. So it is what it is. So I know, I, I saw your dad grew up really close to Yankee Stadium. So you guys, Yankees fans.
1: Um, I mean White Sox now.
0: <laughs> good point. But, um, Very good point.
1: Yeah. No, but we were always Yankee fans. Um he lived like right across from the street from Yankee Stadium. Um so yeah, we've always been Yankee fans. I've gone my whole life. Um but now it's White Sox.
0: White Sox, White Sox all the way, man. And I do think it is uh, fantastic. So what I'm always curious kind of how, you know, the minor leagues is such just it's so weird. And, you know, some people go to college, some people go to Juco, some people go straight out of high school. You know, obviously, as we already touched upon, you went to Austria, you went to Lynn, you played down in, in Florida for a little bit. What was that process like coming out of high school, going into college and then eventually getting drafted? I mean, what what were those years like and how, you know, just crazy and, and unorganized is it all?
1: um it's definitely a roller coaster um especially being the first one in my family um you know brother wise i kind of was like the uh the test dummy i would say so you're pig, trying yeah. To, yeah you're trying to find out what's the best school and which ways to go and and all that stuff so it's definitely a roller coaster um and you're kind of just learning as you go but at the end of the day like the hard work and all that that's the one constant and you can't um you can't ever waver from like the vision you have of the goal of playing professional baseball. So um it was definitely a roller coaster, but um at the end of the day, you know, um it's worth it in the end.
0: Hell yeah, man. You're still uh, you're still on the incline too. You haven't even made it to the top yet. So I'm excited for you to get to the top of that roller coaster. But what what is the recruiting process like for baseball? Especially, you know, kind of what you went through, as you said, kind of picking the right school, knowing where to go. Mm-hmm. As you said, you're you were kind of the the test dummy. You're the guinea pig. So how, <laughs> how, like, did you reach out to people? I mean, again, you know, you're you're. I know you guys are connected to some athletes in some way, shape, or form. Was there anyone that you were able to kind of talk to about this process and and really just kind of get as much information as you could to make the best decision?
1: Um, I would say it was more like going to showcases in New York. That's the way everybody thought about it. You know, the mm-hmm. recruiting process, especially. Um, if you're up north and you want to go to school down here like they're not going to really come to see you playing you know long island and unless you're you know throwing 95 96 kind of thing so it's definitely a lot of showcases uh, a lot of word of mouth and trying to just kind of like promote yourself you know giving videos to coaches um so that's like the biggest way i know my brother down here it was more of like his coaches would tell other coaches because everybody either played pro ball down here went to florida state or this and that. So they'd be like, you got to come watch this guy. And they'd come and watch him. So for me, it was more showcases for him. It's more word of mouth from his coaches.
0: And then, so why, why was Hofstra like, is it, was it because you were up in New York and you, you could kind of play close to home? Was that, was that one of the biggest reasons you chose the school?
1: Yeah, I definitely like being close to home. Um, my dad's always been, like, super involved. So if I ever needed any help with, like, ground balls or, like, he could ask my friends. All he would do is take ground balls to me every day, like, nonstop. So I felt like if I was ever struggling, I would have him, you mm-hmm. know, with me. Um, and I really liked the school. I knew a few people that went there that I played with my whole life. And, um, you know, it was a great experience to play in that it was a really good conference as well. So that was a big factor in it.
0: And then, yeah, you moved down to Florida to enjoy the warm weather, which, again, smart, in my opinion, very smart decision. Your <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely some good people down in Boca Raton, especially. So what, I mean, what's what was it like getting drafted? Like, like, what is that process like? And what is it, you know, talking to scouts and doing all that stuff? So like, tell, tell me a little bit about that process.
1: Um, It's definitely you know, a, a nerve wracking process and, and it, it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. I've had friends that are like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get drafted and they get drafted in the third round or guys who are like, I'm going, you know, top 10 rounds and they don't get drafted. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Division two is a different story. Um, your chances of getting drafted are they're not as good as a D1 down here. But at the end of the day, if you're a good player, they're still going to find you. But um. You know, your scout day has a lot of emphasis. So that's, that's a lot of pressure. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's definitely a crazy experience. And you get a lot of like questionnaires and stuff. You got to fill out all these questions about your, your history and your medical and just like crazy questions like that. So it, it's a big process.
0: Was there, was there any, um, did, did the Yankees come calling? Did they start asking about you? And, and was were they ever on your <laughs> radar?
1: Uh, my junior year, I, I heard, um, a little bit of talk, but,
0: um, at the end of the day, division two, it's
1: more of a senior sign kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, you got to hit 400 to get drafted as a junior. They'll tell you, but you don't really know. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. All right. All right. I I appreciate the political, uh, political answer. was very, very good on your part. And I guess what is, you know, so if someone came to me and said, Hey Mike, you know, you're probably going to get drafted, uh, into an MLB organization. My head would get gigantic. So Mm -hmm. how, how have you been able to stay? So, so even keel and really just kind of, Like, all right, like, I just got to go out there and, you know, get my get my two hits today and do what I can. No errors. Like, how have you been able to keep everything kind of inside yourself without letting the emotion and the understanding of, hey, I I have a shot to play in the major leagues? Kind of, as I said, get your head so gigantic.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just anybody who's played baseball knows that you're either going to be humble or you're going to be humbled, you know, so you choose. Um, It's just it's just such a hard game that, you know. You'll hit a walk off and then the next day you'll go 0 for four and make an error to lose the game. So, you know, anybody who plays really knows better, you know, unless you get a guy like a Bryce Harper or Trout and they just kind of like have that inner confidence in them, which everybody needs, but maybe, you know, Harper shows a little bit more. But at the end of the day, you kind of just have to know that baseball is baseball and and every day can change. So you can't get too up or down.
0: That's baseball, Susan, right? That's baseball. So, no, man, I, I think it is awesome. So, where, um, uh, what uh, I'm assuming you have it, you know, tattooed in your brain. What round, what pick were you, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Uh, I don't remember the pick, but it was the 30, 39th round. So cool. it was, it was cut, coming down to the wire. <laughs>
0: I think that's a he- – where was Mike Piazza? Was he – well, I can't remember. He, what they don't even was.
1: have the round he was drafted. Yeah, anymore. right. I think they had like 60-something rounds back then. Um, and so they don't even have that many rounds. It's like 40 now. So he yeah. kind of uh, – you know, that whole story with his uncle. Oh,
0: yeah. yep. So yeah. And then he made the Hall of Fame. So, hey, man, I can't wait to say, hey, Tom Archer made the Hall of Fame. Shit, <laughs> good for that guy. That's awesome. Uh, no, I don't mean to put that pressure on you. I'll put the pressure on myself. So, um, and then where, so, so with what kind of, I mean, I don't, I don't know how ingrained you are or really what you're allowed to talk about, but obviously uh, minor league baseball has been a huge topic of conversation, you know, kind of in this last year. You know, now with the lead up to coronavirus, this pandemic, it doesn't really look like too much is going to be happening with minor league baseball this season, unfortunately. How, like, what has it been like from a player standpoint to kind of hear, like, all right, the MLB wants to reduce the number of teams, the MLB wants to just kind of throw out all these players? Like, how, and you don't have to comment on it to the point where we get in trouble, but how does that kind of stuff, like, sit with you, especially knowing so many people? in the system knowing so many people that are putting their blood sweat and tears into this and now just kind of hearing like mlb wants to reduce the number of teams by a third or whatever it is
1: i mean you just got to remember that it's a business you know i think guys get caught up in you know saying
0: oh like i
1: i uh, i'm entitled to this or you know you kind of lose the sense of like it's a privilege to be playing professional baseball and um, there's a lot of guys who, you know, maybe could have made the major leagues and never made it. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. And you can't complain, you know, so um, you just got to got to roll with the punches and whatever happens, happens. But you can't live each day in, you know, fear and worry saying, what, ha- what about this? And What about that? You kind of just have to do your, you know, do your own thing and keep going with the process and can't worry about stuff you can't control
0: i like that yeah i mean be grateful not not everybody gets the chance to play minor mm-hmm. league baseball right so even even if you're there for a cup of coffee enjoy the hell out of it because yeah. it's a pretty cool opportunity and obviously we've all been watching a lot of the last dance we all just saw the episodes a couple of weeks ago michael jordan stepping on the same field you are man how cool is that you and michael jordan you're practically you know synonymous mm-hmm. at this point
1: I, <laughs> it was so cool to watch and um i think a. Uh, A cool part about it was that um, the owner of the team was interviewed in the show, Jerry Reinsdorf. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Mr. Reinsdorf said how Michael Jordan kind of put up numbers to where if he kept on going, he could have made the major leagues. So it was pretty crazy to think about like the talent that he had to go right into double A. And, you know, most guys are getting paid tons of money and he was producing better than them. So I mean, it was cool to watch with the White Sox. Uh, you know, it's always um, nice to see them on TV, mm-hmm.
0: and it makes you feel proud. That is awesome, man. Yeah, I thought it was pretty, pretty funny um, when yeah they were talking about it. They're like, yeah, he hit two hundred, but he had like fifty something RBI, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, and man,
1: I he's, think he's, he's doing thirty something stolen bases. So. Yeah.
0: Let's see, man. I don't know. That was, that was a blast. I thoroughly enjoyed that entire thing. So hopefully, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully everyone else did as well. And so I guess, I mean, what is, what's minor league baseball like, you know, like we don't, we, if anything we hear about triple a, you know, up, up here in the Northeast, I hear about the Brooklyn Cyclones because they're a Mets team. So, but like, what, you know, what, what level are you at? And I guess what is, you know, riding the bus like, and, you know, going and doing all these things, obviously this year is weird, but how, uh, how's your experience been so far?
1: Um, <laughs> it's It's been a ton of fun. I mean, my daddy told me he's like, just enjoy every day. So I've kind of had that mentality of like, you know, whatever happens, it it is what it is. You work for this your whole life. So um, when I first got there in Arizona in rookie ball, it was like surreal. Like they gave you the big league uniform, you're on the big league backfields, you're like, wow, this is unbelievable. The locker room is awesome. And um, the White Sox are really like a first class organization. I would say like they they care more about the person than the player, which I don't know if you get that in a lot of organizations. But um, everything was awesome. The food was great. And then maybe two or three weeks in, they're like, oh, you're going up to uh, Advanced Rookie in Montana. So I got there, and I'm like, all right. So I get there, and first bus ride's 15 hours. And keep in mind, right. in Arizona, every bus ride's about 30 minutes because yeah. all the facilities are close. Mm-hmm. Um So I get there, and, and that goes to Colorado, 15 hours. And then I was like – it kind of hit me like, damn, you're in the minor leagues. This is a grind. You know, like Arizona was – You know, the closest thing you'll get to the big leagues probably, you know, Um, for now. So when I got there, it was, you know what it was, though? All the players and teammates were so welcoming. I'm like, these guys are awesome. And you kind of, that's all you have is each other. So guys have like these crazy personalities and you just have fun all day. You got to learn to have fun because maybe the facilities are not, you know, the big league spring training facilities anymore. But at the end of the day, you're there to play baseball and you're having fun with guys who make it really fun.
0: I love it, man. Yeah, I actually, I spent some time, I lived in Arizona for about six months, went to some spring training games, went to some uh, Arizona, Arizona uh, Fall League games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those stadiums are like 10 minutes apart. It was awesome. Yep. Um, and yeah, now now you're on a 15-hour bus ride, man. That is there and back, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, there and yeah. back. Oof, that's, right. a, that's a nice three-day stretch for you. So, yeah. I mean, so what... Um, what, what is, what's the daily, like, so, so that's the grind aspect of it, but what, you know, what's, what's the, what's a day in the life look like, you know, let's call it a home game. So you get up at what time you start working out, you start doing stuff. Like, how are you, how engaged are you with the coaches? You know, as you said, you, it's just you and the other guys on the team. So how, how quickly do those friendships and bonds build as well?
1: Uh, they build really quick. I mean, you really don't have a choice. Otherwise you, you might, you know, go out of your mind, especially if you're yep. in a place that that's all you have is the baseball, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, a typical day would you probably wake up around ten, eleven. you try to get the most sleep you can um you grab a quick breakfast probably mcdonald's sausage egg and cheese yeah there you go. um you go to the stadium uh you hang around with the guys a while you kind of you know bs maybe about the night before um and then and then it's pretty lenient so like your lift you can get your your workout in whenever you want um you know as long as it's before the game usually um, so you go in, the trainers always bring in the energy. Um, I loved our trainer, uh, Tyler. He was awesome. And, and then you have your early work for the day. So they'll have it on the board. They'll say, you know, um, Tom Archer working slow rollers with so-and-so. And then you have your early hitting. You go out to the, to the cages um, and you work with the hitting coach. Um, we had a great hitting coach, Cameron Seitz um and his dad's actually the big league hitting coach for the braves so he was it was pretty cool to have um but yeah you do your early work on the field for defense and then you go and you'd hit and then and then you go out for bp and then BP was always it was like a full-blown practice you know you do like maybe base running or cuts and relays or work on something that happened the night before. Maybe, you know, if we're turning double plays and guys are beating them out, we're going to go on the clock and they're going to time that. So it's, they're well thought out practices and you're always working on something. And I felt like I got so much better just playing um, in Montana because um, our coach, Tim Esme, he was super great. Like he, he coached Arizona state and won a championship. So he was very technical, you know, and he made sure that we were getting better. And then, um, and then we would take BP, you'd go inside, you hang around for a couple hours, and that was the biggest thing. Like, you're listening to music, guys are going crazy, doing whatever, making your peanut butter and jelly, your ham and cheese sandwich. And then uh, you kind of, in you know, a half hour before the game, guys are getting ready, and you can kind of feel like, you know, you know the game is coming. You start mm-hmm. hearing the crowd come in, and um, it's, it's just a cool feeling. Guys are, you know guys love this stuff and it's really cool to watch like the passion before the game you know they're like is my eye black on straight yeah so it's just a bunch of like grinders out there and then you play the game and the game's about three hours and um after that you get your food whatever they get you the spread maybe panda express and then, um, and then you get home around you know twelve one o'clock, and you do it all over again the next day. So
0: I love it. Just to recap, we got sausage, egg, and cheese in the morning. We got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich around uh, dinner time. It sounds like, and a little Panda yep. Express at night. Nothing wrong with <laughs> that, man. Nothing wrong with that at all. And I just think you know, it's it's so cool, man. I mean, baseball is by far my favorite sport, and it's it's just so sad I don't get to watch it right now. But I'm very grateful I get to chat with people like you who are you're in it, man. You know, you're in it, and I just think it mm-hmm. is so cool. And 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 I'm. I'm very happy that you're so grateful, right? Like I appreciate, you know, cause you do hear a lot of those stories, as you said, you know, people feeling, you know, I should get paid. I should be able to, well, not really. You, you deserve, you deserve it. You've earned it, but that doesn't mean it's going to be there for you um, yep. every time. And, you know, I really appreciate how grateful you are. And, and, you know, you can really feel that through the way you talk. So I do appreciate you there. And last question about that, before we kind of move on to some other stuff. I mean, how cool was that first paycheck, right? Like you're getting paid to play baseball. How friggin' sweet is that?
1: Yeah, it kind of, you know, it doesn't hit you until you see it and, and my dad's like, you know you're getting paid to play baseball. And I was like, Damn, when you think about it that way, you're right. Because you're on the field, you're like, it's like another day. But mm-hmm. then you get a paycheck, you know, and you're like, This is uh this is so cool, you know. And
0: that it's great awesome. not having
1: any homework being in college or anything. Yeah, right. Just play baseball and that's all you have to worry about.
0: <laughs> there you go, man. I love it. I love it. But you you do have a couple other things that you're you're rocking with as well. So outside of baseball, you do work uh with your dad and uh at Thomas let me get it right. The Archer Financial Group. There we go. Uh, relatively well known. They do some pretty cool stuff there. What um was, I mean, obviously your dad's been doing finance for a while. I, you know, you think you sent over a motivational video he had uh, that as well, or unless that's just in your signature. Not totally sure about that, but it got over to me. I checked it out. I mean, what is it like, you know, was was finance always something you were interested in or, or did you kind of grow accustomed to it? You know, obviously through dinner table conversation and, and you know, just being around your dad all the time.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's always been in a conversation my whole life. It's been um, outside of baseball. It's been my dad's passion. And, um, and so in this off offseason, um, you know, people would be like, Oh, you should give lessons, this and that. But I was so interested in my dad's company. And, and he just really when he described all like the, the value that um, some of these um, tools he uses for his clients to accumulate wealth and preserve their wealth. I was like, this is unbelievable. So, um, I really got interested in that and I started working with him, you know, full time in the off season. And, um, and I never really, you know, looked back from there, but I, um, I'm really passionate about what he does.
0: And so your, your dad works with some pretty cool people and namely a, a bunch of athletes. I was checking out the website a little earlier and I think John Franco was on there and, you know, mm-hmm. some other athletes just from, you know, obviously the New York city teams, if I'm not mistaken and some others. How uh, growing up, were you just kind of always around these teams? Were you always around these players, or or were was you know did your dad kind of keep these two things separate a little bit?
1: Um. Yeah, I was always around them, um, so I was kind of used to it my whole life. I mean, I'm not gonna say like I wasn't like starstruck, which I was, yeah. but at the end of the day, you get used to it. And you realize they're just normal people, you know, like me and you. So, um, you know, he he's always been, you know, nice and introduced me to all the, his clients and the players. So it's been cool to be around that and you just, and makes you realize they're normal people too. So if they can do it, you can, you know, you can do it. Especially exactly. with
0: baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's always so cool. Like meeting some of these celebrities and these athletes that you've looked mm-hmm. up to, I've done that. I've, you know, I've done enough events at this point that I've met a few of them and they're all, yeah. I mean, you just talk to them just, Treat them like normal humans. What i found is don't even ask them about their sport half the time. That's kind of the last thing they want to talk about, yeah, right? When yeah. I talk to Bernie Williams about uh, his guitar and his music, he'll talk mm-hmm. to you forever. Don't ask him anything about the core four or the Yankees. So it's <laughs> kind of funny how that how that works. So with um, you know, with with knowing so much about finance, with knowing, you know, how athlete finances work, obviously on on the top level. How, many, how much, you know, how much, how often are you trying to pass along little information to your friends and your teammates and say, hey, man, you know, if you just save 10%, you know, how, how much, how many of those lessons do you try and pass along to them?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I started mainly when I finished the season. So I was worried about baseball, you know, okay. my first professional season. And then I, as I, um, my dad's like, listen, you know, if you want to go out and inform some of your friends about this stuff, he's like, go ahead and you can do it under us. So I was kind of fortunate to do that. And um, I would tell my friends, like, listen, you guys don't know, like, the opportunity you have right now. So, like, my dad would show ways to where, like – You know, you can put money away, like if I told you you can put money away at 5% compounding interest, you can't lose money, um, and it grows tax free and tax deferred, people are like, what is that? You know, so I would tell them, like, this is what it is, and my friend's like, oh, I like the stocks, this and that, and I said, that's great, you do that, but make sure you have your safe money, because I've seen where this stuff can go. Mm -hmm. You know, if if it comes time for you to retire, and you're at this time with the coronavirus, you know, you're like, do I sell my stocks, do I have money for retirement? So I've kind of um, been telling my friends about that who were willing to listen.
0: Yeah, exactly. Not everyone's willing to listen, especially at, you know, 21, 22, 23 years old. Um, Mm -hmm. They're way too worried about their Panda Express and their (laughs) chocolate, chocolate, sausage, egg and cheese, right? But no, man, I mean, I think it's cool. I worked in finance for a couple of years. It's obviously very important um, understanding this stuff if you can learn it from a very young age you can be significantly ahead of the game by the time, you know, you do make it to that retirement age or by the time you do want to buy that house. So, um, definitely make sure to reach out to Tom, uh, any baseball players, basketball, anybody, anybody that wants to reach out to Tom, go ahead and do that. I'll have all, all that information in the show notes. Um, and then, so I guess, you know, through working in finance, through seeing what these athletes do through seeing what some of these other, you know, celebrities do like how, how how do you kind of weigh the two now right like baseball obviously doesn't again doesn't really look like it's going to happen this year at least for the minor league system we'll see i'm crossing my fingers but moving forward you know is the goal still to play as much baseball as possible
1: um yeah but at the end of the day you still have to make money you know so yeah. um yeah i mean you could definitely balance it out like i'll work all day and then at night i'll go hit and you know do my um working out and whatever i need to do so um i don't have any problem balancing it um you know like going into spring training i was able to do both so um yeah i really make sure i kind of balance the two and just you just got to stay ready you know you don't yeah. want to baseball something that you can't just pick it up like that you know so.
0: yeah 100 percent, man 100 percent. and so you're down in florida so you have your brother throwing pitches to you if you're both down there
1: yeah he uh so we work out um we pretty much you know hit and work out every day we've been Doing the same thing since we were young. My dad gave us a batting cage, so nice. <laughs> we've always been throwing. We have the best batting practice. Mm-hmm. You know, most people can't throw batting practice, but we're always throwing mm-hmm. it to each other. So yeah, he's he's working hard, and he's actually going to be a really good player. I think he'll get drafted high his uh, junior year at a UCF. Um, so he well, he's, I mean, uh,
0: he learned everything from his older brother, right?
1: Yeah, he learned what not yeah. to
0: do. appreciate the honesty on that one man that's good stuff so so one thing that i think is really interesting you know comparing you know baseball and and finance especially you know the daily grind of baseball the daily grind of finance especially in the beginning with finance especially i mean baseball the whole time but you know as i said it did i spent a couple years in finance it wasn't quite for me but it was that daily grind it's it's six or seven days a week. It's, you know, 10 hours a day, Monday through Friday. You got to put in a couple hours a day on Saturday. You got to put in a couple mm-hmm. day hours a day on Sunday. How have you seen just understanding the grind of baseball and and how have you seen that kind of translate over to what you're potentially going to do or what you're currently doing in the finance world?
1: Um, I mean, the work ethic, you know, has always been there for me. So I kind of carried that over. Um, but then, you know, I, I spend a day or two with my dad and I'm like, you know, it's hard to keep up with him. He's just, yeah. I guess when you're that passionate about what you do, it's hard. But um, it's more of I try to, I'm trying to integrate, you know, what I've learned from my dad and from his clients and integrate it to like my friends and to make sure they don't make the same mistakes. Because in baseball, you watch a guy make a mistake and you make that mistake, then that's a problem. So... Mm-hmm. You know, um, my dad, he's actually writing a book called All the Way about how he went from the South Bronx, had nothing and was able to, you know, amount success through, you know, hard work and following his passion, um, you know, through finance and um, and life insurance. So um, so it's a cool book. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I, I, I go through it and kind of refresh myself on everything. Um, you know, especially now people ask me a lot of questions. They're like, Hey, what do you think I should do? One of my friends like, How's your stocks doing? I'm like, I gotta be honest, I'm not I'm not into that because I'm not interested in, you know, having sleepless nights to where I see Mm -hmm. my portfolio drop. So, um and my dad always he tells me he's like, I'm more concerned about the return of my money than the return on my money. So Mm -hmm. um it's just stuff like that. I like that.
0: I like that. That's good.
1: Yeah. And, you know, he'll tell me, like, listen, when you're putting money away, he puts a lot of he puts a lot of uh, savings plans in like four savings plans in place for his athletes because they like to spend. They get their entourage. Mm -hmm. You know, they want the Rolls Royce and they want to buy the house for their mom and their boys. But at the end of the day, like he's had clients that they go broke at the end of their career. And the only money they have left is these plans that he's put in place for them, you know, so. That's got to be so,
0: you know, that's just got to be awesome to know that you're making that big of an impact in someone's life, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a great feeling to know that you secure somebody's retirement. You know, like one of my friends, I told Mike, listen, you got, you know, close to a million dollars for your retirement right now. And it's not even in stocks. It's in what I was telling you about with, you know, you get 5% over time, you know, and you can save your money for 10 years if you want and let it ride from there. And if I told you what it was, you'd be shocked. You know, it's, it's a whole life insurance policy. You know, and people don't realize they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need life insurance. I'm like, well, you know, it's not the life insurance. It's what the life insurance can do. You know, you're not paying tax. You're getting 5% on your money and it's guaranteed, you know, and they'll say I like the stocks. But I say do both. At least you have the life insurance for your safety net because um, these players, they get all this money and they're like they put their money in the stocks and they're they're paying too much for a life insurance policy that's not providing any value for them. So um, I say if it's good enough for these guys, it's good enough for the average person.
0: I would, I would say so too. And then you hear about all the crazy things that some of these players invest their money. And I think Kurt Schilling invested $50 million into a video game company and lost all of it. Uh, So, you know, it's, it's just having the right people in your corner, someone like yourself, someone like your dad, who's been doing this for a very long time, has helped a lot of people. Those are the kind of people, again, you probably want in your corner. So whatever you're doing, Tom continue to do it and then so i guess you know obviously baseball is one of your loves Finance is one of your loves you're going to try and do both as long as you possibly can i mean what are some of the you know future goals you have for each uh in each aspect of your life moving forward
1: um i'm just trying to make sure that you know i prove improve myself every day like i'm uh, my dad always told me try not to be complacent so i'm just trying to learn as much as i can about baseball and about his business and, and just trying to be the best I can. Cause I know at the end of the day, after baseball, I still want to work and go into his business. And, um, so I just want to make sure that I keep on, you know, going on the path that's going to allow me to be successful, you know, baseball or not.
0: I love it, man. This was awesome. Thank you so much, Thomas Archer III. Currently plays in the Chicago White Sox organization. Drafted a couple rounds before Mike Piazza, so we got a shot. (laughs) We got a shot, man. Works for the Archer Financial Group. Played in college Hofstra and Lynn University. Really appreciate your time today, man.
1: All right. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed this, and um, stay safe. You too, brother. All right. Thank you, Michael
0: thank you so much for listening to this episode with Thomas as I said super cool dude what he's doing is absolutely great very grateful I had him on the show and it was just fun to learn about the minor leagues and how he has to work and what he has to do and how he has to get to what he gets to so please make sure to follow Thomas on all of his socials everything's going to be in the show notes please also make sure to give us a five-star review wherever you're listening preferably on Apple or iTunes or Spotify check us out on YouTube hit that subscribe button smash that but other than that thank you so much for your time it's the only thing we don't get more of and I appreciate you giving me some of yours so I I hope you make it a wonderful day.